it's, it's also our job as constituents and business owners that when there's something of conflict, to have an intelligent and respectable conversation with someone that has a conflicting view with you, to understand where they're coming from, but also articulate where you're coming from so that you can meet in the middle. Culture is important. There's no doubt about that. I want to make sure that, that anyone listening to this understands that it's, it's possible to have a conflicting view with someone and still get something done. This is The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a podcast going beyond the politics and policies to focus on the people who lead in our communities, states, and nation. Conversations that restore the civility we need in our politics while promoting the integrity we need in our leaders. The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a resource from Oklahoma Capital Culture. Welcome back to the second season of The Leaders We Need. I'm your host, Joel Harder, and it's my privilege to serve as the president of Oklahoma Capital Culture. We are bringing together everyday people from all walks of life and all across the state to shape a culture of civility, integrity, and servant leadership among Oklahoma's policy makers. The Leaders We Need podcast is one of the many ways that Capital Culture is creating resources that will help you join us in breaking through cycles of incivility and build together a better Oklahoma for all in our state. Well, in the second season of The Leaders We Need, there will be more conversations with leaders in politics, business and industry, civic organizations, the nonprofit community, and more. There's also a lot of opportunities to join in the conversation where you can engage with leaders, you can get involved, that are going to come from Capital Culture in 2021. We have events planned in communities across Oklahoma, on university campuses, and in the state capitol. We will share a lot of what these events are and when they're happening on the podcast, and I'm inviting you now to join us whenever you can. We're also planning a series of leadership roundtables. I'm really excited about these. It's going to be in partnership with the Oklahoma Student Leadership Forum, which is engaging college students and young leaders. And these forums are privately hosted dinners, meeting in homes across our state where current and future leaders will come together to have a meal together to discuss challenges we're facing and develop innovative solutions. Often, my guests on the podcast come from the policymaking community, but we can all sense that politics is increasingly creeping into every arena of society. And if we've learned nothing else from 2020, we've learned that what happens in politics directly affects all of our lives, work, business, and industry. It's also true that for a great many number of people, following the political news of the day, well, that isn't really what they're doing. Most people are living their lives, going to work, but we can see how the incivility in politics is affecting us. Today, we have the first part of my conversation with Trent Willis. Trent is a lifelong Oklahoman, an entrepreneur, business owner. He founded Cornerstone Insurance in 2006, located in Tuttle, Oklahoma. Trent is also a founding member of the Board of Directors for Oklahoma Capital Culture, and this conversation is part of a series we're doing to introduce the people who are part of Capital Culture. We're going to hear from Trent about his experience as a business leader and how Capital Culture is helping him as a business owner and entrepreneur to have a better approach to better engage leaders 
and to make a positive change in his community and our state. Well, thanks for joining me on The Leaders We Need. When Leaders Matter, How Civility, Integrity, and the Leaders We Need are Possible by Dr. Joel W. Harder. Forward, written by Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt. In When Leaders Matter, Chaplain Joel Harder presents a three-step approach to engage leaders and restore the civility we need in our politics while promoting the integrity we need in our leaders. When that happens, leaders will be able to work and inspire our communities, states, and nation to address the real problems we are facing and navigate a way forward that will benefit all of us. When Leaders Matter, how civility, integrity, and the leaders we need are possible. Available now on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and BarnesandNoble.com. Well, Trent, I'm so excited to have you join me for season two of the Leaders We Need podcast. And you've been just such a great friend for a number of years and a great supporter of the work that Capital Culture is doing. Well, you know, I got to say that I'm, I'm a little a little hurt that it took an entire season to get through before you asked me to come on the podcast. Well, I, so, just, I wanted to make sure that this was going to work first. Right, I didn't right. Wanna, I didn't want to spend So if I start time. crying during this podcast, you're going to know why. Right. Well, I will never know exactly why you're crying. <laughs> that's, I guess that's true. <laughs> Absolutely accurate. Uh, so about Trent Willis, uh, we met in SALT several several years ago. What is SALT? SALT, uh, SALT and Light Leadership Training. Right. Leadership group that allowed for people from different faith backgrounds to come together and spend time together through our retreat, through our classes. It was an excellent organization that, that you and I are still a part of. Mm-hmm. And... It, it's what brought us together. Yeah. I mean, I saw a kid from D.C. that was walking into Oklahoma and thought he needs a friend. So <laughs> that's uh, that's how this started. It's true. Right. It's true. So where you come from? How long have you been uh, in Oklahoma? So I'm a lifelong Oklahoma resident. Okay. I graduated from Kingfisher High School, went to Oklahoma State. I wanted to keep those dollars in our in our state yeah. rather than going out of state. And uh, right after college, went to work at a bank. A few years after that, started a, an insurance agency, and it's it's blessed us uh, so many different ways. Uh, God gets all the credit for that because I continue to try and screw it up, and He <laughs> keeps saving it. So it's it's been it's been interesting. So lifelong Oklahoman, excited to be involved with our organization, mm-hmm. your organization, with Capital Culture, and seeing the difference that it makes over the last the difference that it's made over the last the last year, and as we move into our second year to know that what we're doing is, is, is making waves in Oklahoma. And married kids. Yeah. Married Courtney. And we have, we have four awesome kids, Eva Truitt, Chandler and Charleston. Mm-hmm. They keep us on our toes. We are constantly going somewhere for them. I think every parent understands that anymore. Uh, Courtney and I are, are both have full-time jobs in addition to being full-time parents. And mm-hmm. there are, there are challenges and there are tremendous opportunities in, in raising kids. So Charlie's five, uh, Eva's our oldest at 14, and we are, uh, we are constantly involved in doing all kinds of, of activities, whether it's choir, band, soccer, cheer, dance. It's, it's always something. Well, and we're going to air this episode probably first, second week of January, but we're recording it uh, about a week before Christmas. Do you guys have any plans coming up? It's been an interesting year. A lot of a lot of typical plans have been altered. Well, and, and Courtney works in the healthcare realm, so our our 
our home life has been significantly impacted because we've not been able to do a lot of the things like taking trips that we, we had planned on doing in 2020. So 2021 is looking to provide us some opportunities to fulfill our obligations to take our girls to some places that we haven't been able to take them before. Uh, you'd ask about Christmas though. And you know, I'm a typical dude. I have not yet bought my wife her Christmas present mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we're, we're a week out. And so it's probably time I start thinking about what she should get. She deserves the world for putting up with me, but I don't know yet how to p package that up. I mean, she kind of got the world when she married me. So oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I will edit that part. out. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Yeah. Well, and I guess that means if you've only got a week, you're going to be supporting brick and mortar. Well, I want to try and keep that business in Oklahoma. And so uh, I, I feel like that's that's most beneficial. Trent, one of the things I love to ask everybody who comes on the Leaders We Need podcast uh, is to reflect back on your life a little bit. Tell us a little bit about some of the experiences, maybe the lessons uh, learned along the way that have shaped your leadership uh, now. And maybe you didn't see how it was going to be part of what you do now and your leadership now, but really has impacted the way in which you work and in which you lead and serve in your business and your family and your community in our state? You know, it's a really good question. And, and as I sit here now and think back to the things that, that I was involved in from an early age and to this day still involved in, I've just been blessed. My parents were both, were both educators and strongly encouraged me to be involved in, in organizations like FFA that allowed me to to or forced me into public speaking. And yeah. as a as a 14, 15 year old kid standing up in front of your peers, giving a speech about something that that is or isn't important to you, but learning to harness the anxiety and understand that your knowledge level of whatever product or whatever topic you're speaking of is going to give you the the confidence as you continue to get older that will really propel you into certain leadership roles. So if I go back to, to junior high and high school, those opportunities to, to, to be involved in public speaking, to have responsibilities that were mine that I needed to take care of were, were integral in, in me becoming who I am. Mm -hmm. Because along those ways too, I was able to network with other people that were doing the same thing. And now 20, 25 years later, I look back at the people that I've met along the way, and there are so many people in leadership positions, whether they're serving in our local legislator or state legislator or, or serving in a support role somewhere. There are so many people that develop the same type of confidence that I was able to develop at a young age that are continuing to allow us to progress in life. Yeah, something I've observed in knowing you and in your work and in your leadership uh, is there is no one that you don't know. Well, there's a lot of people I don't know, but I walk up and introduce myself to any of them that I don't know. There are very few people I know in the state that don't know Trent Willis. <laughs> I wish that were true. Um, You're a good liar. Uh, well, I will, I will also tell you that whatever we're doing, if it's making a real significant impact in our society and culture, there's a lot of great work that goes on out there, a lot of great organizations, a lot of great uh, companies and products and and things that make people's lives better. But 
all of that work, all that mission advances at the speed of relationships. It really does come down to cultivating and, and building strong relationships and building the kind of uh, trust. When people get to know you, you're someone, and this is true in my life, you're someone who I just really know wants to help me succeed. And well, whatever I mean, it is when, I'm when doing, we succeed, when your friends succeed, you're succeeding too, right? Yeah. I mean, Joel, you and I have talked about this several times, but we are the average of the five people we most closely associate with. Yeah. It was Jim Rohn or Darren Hardy or somebody said that before I got it. But I, I want to surround myself constantly with people that are going to make me better, stronger, mentally tougher, and help me make good decisions. Who are some of those people, as you look back, maybe not right now, but look back over the last you know, 10 years, who, you know, who are some of those people in your life? Man, there have been so many, uh, and I don't, you know, it's, it's hard for me to, to start dropping names. I mean, obviously, my wife has been mm-hmm. incredible at, at, at adding value to me, calling me out, holding me accountable, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you, for example, uh, and Josh are one of our other board members, people that we're just getting to know. You mentioned le- relationships a while ago, and, and relationships really are the key to life. And if we'll slow down and, and realize that the people we're spending time around are all wanting and needing us to to help them elevate their game, whatever their game is, the same way that we want them to help us elevate our game, whatever our game is. We all need to be held accountable. We all need to be responsible. We all need to push forward. And we all need to learn together. Mm-hmm. So if I sit back and I think about people that have really influenced my life, there were so many kids in youth groups that I was a part of as, at a young age. Uh, guys that were in my fraternity house going through Oklahoma State, people that I continue to surround myself with now, my business partner has been a tremendous mentor for me. And then seeking out relationships for other mentors, finding somebody who's really good in an area or subject that I think that I'm deficient in and, and seeking them out, asking them the tough questions, asking them to hold me accountable so that I can become better. And I'm not done finding more influencers mm-hmm. for me. I, I want to continue to deepen my relationships with others. And I also have to make sure that that I maintain the current relationships that I have. Yeah. And so often on this podcast, and obviously the work that we do at Capital Culture is is very focused on this policymaking community. But all of the different sectors of our society, industries, they overlap. What happens in, in the policymaking arena in particular impacts all sectors. Tell me a little bit about what it's like uh, as an entrepreneur starting a business. How long ago did you start Cornerstone? So I started Cornerstone in 2006 and uh, was able to get a great partner in 2012. Mm-hmm. And so where we're at today is, is, is by no means my own work. It has truly been blessed by others. Uh, you know, God, most importantly. And when I look back at what we're doing at Capital Culture and how how Cornerstone Insurance is, has evolved, I mean, for example, we, we, we talk a lot about within our organization, Capital Culture, that, that policymakers are under pretty strenuous, I mean, especially in 2020, mm-hmm. and, and we're going into 2021. I mean, this has been a wild year. Mm-hmm. It's been an incredibly wild year. And I go back to when we started talking about starting Capital Culture in 2019, 2018. So much has changed since then. So much has changed in my mind because when I look back at 2018, 2019, as just an entrepreneur, wasn't really involved in having relationships with, with a lot of policymakers. The trust wasn't there because the relationship wasn't there. Yeah. Right? I, I've learned through being involved with Capital Culture 
having lunch or dinners or, or, or having the opportunity to get to know some of our policymakers, that they're doing the best that they can. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know everything that's, it's hard to know everything about a subject. So it's so important for their constituents to, to provide them information about a particular topic. For example, I'm involved in the insurance industry. Mm-hmm. And so when legislation comes through and it revolves something insurance and revolves around something that I'm more of an expert in than they are, then I want, I know my voice is going to be valued. You have the opportunity to give some um, very important perspective. Everyday people from all walks of life can be building the kinds of relationships with leaders that do create the space and opportunity to encourage them in their leadership, help them to lead better. And that doesn't mean that you don't have those conversations about those things that are very specifically important to you and your work and your livelihood. But sometimes those conversations are hard to have. Yeah. Right. And And they're impossible to to have if you don't have a relationship to begin with. Correct. And also, you know, at 40 years old now, Joel, I've, I finally heard my wife tell me enough times that not everybody's like me. Not everybody's going to go up and introduce themselves to someone they need to know for the purpose of whatever the purpose is. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to encourage others to have the confidence to call either their elected officials, call, call someone who is representing a particular industry or a lobbyist or whatnot, build a relationship with them. That phone call, that meeting request, it's going to take some courage and some, some willpower to, to set that up. But what I've learned with capital culture is we can also help facilitate a lot of that whether you're involved in your church or your community or your organization or industry, or if you truly come from a servant leadership mindset, you're going to get so much more accomplished. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've loved about, about what we're doing about our relationship is we're here to serve each other, not just our interest, Mm -hmm. but our lives. Well, Trent, I want to change gears just a little bit. We know very well that politics is increasingly consuming our attention. Uh, it seems as though politics has crept into every arena of our society from you know, arts and education, entertainment, even professional sports. The list goes on. It's good to remember, though, that for a lot of people, following the political news of each day is really not what they're doing. They are living their lives. They are going to work. You're an entrepreneur. You're a business owner, lifelong Oklahoman. I would love just to hear from your perspective and recognizing you're probably speaking to a lot of people who don't necessarily focus on every single event that's happening in political news each day, but you can see how politics is impacting daily life and your business. What has your interest or involvement with politics looked like over the years? When I was younger, I had a tremendous desire to want to run for some office. I didn't really know why. And I think at the end of the day, the desire to run at that time was was to build my confidence and win a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. And as I've matured and grown, I've realized that I can have, I think, a louder, more influential voice from the outside not being directly involved in politics by just continuing to get up every day help my business partner run our business efficiently, effectively, hire more people within our communities, continue to make an impact in their individual lives, at the same time encouraging my friends who are other business owners, who are other employees, who are other people to do the same within their communities or centers of influence. 
so that collectively we can come together and continue to make Oklahoma the best state to live in, in my opinion. And, you know, I'm, I, I can confidently say I'm finally over that desire to want to run for anything and really want to focus on leading my business forward. Being a part of organizations like Capital Culture who, like, for example, we're putting out information that is relevant. If you open Twitter or Facebook right now, I mean, you're going to get viewpoints on topics that range from here to there, far and wide, with little to no confidence that what they're speaking about is accurate. Mm -hmm. So as a business owner and entrepreneur, it doesn't matter to me really what where anyone stands on a particular viewpoint. I want everybody to feel loved. I want everybody to feel like they have a voice. But I also want everybody to respect the other person, another person, if they have a differing viewpoint. And I want them to focus on that relationship with love and respect. We've got to get beyond this point that we seem to be stuck in where we look at our differences, the space that is between our our various positions as a problem that's got to be navigated or resolved. Our differences are actually our greatest asset. They're our greatest resource. And whether you're coming at it from the perspective you're just talking about, which is you know, recognizing the inherent value of the person who's holding that view and that their position and their voice needs to be heard just because they have a story and they have a background and they have experiences that have shaped that perspective. What we're trying to do at Capital Culture is facilitate conversations and create space where people can come together and see that another position a position that's maybe different than yours, maybe even in conflict with yours, is not just valid because another human being holds it, but it's valuable. There's something of value in that position. Maybe you'll never agree with it, but there is something in that in that perspective and position that can serve and benefit you, that can refine your position. When you can navigate those kinds of conversations, you find the real innovative solutions. And it's bringing all people to the table, business leaders. It's bringing just you know everyday people in a community who are experiencing the consequences and impacts of public policy around the table together with those people that are serving in positions. But of you've got to leadership. get involved. Yeah. You've got to get involved somewhere. Be- and begin by building those relationships. Yes. And if, if you're not familiar with where you want to get involved with, I mean, I'd encourage anybody that's listening to this to reach out to me, reach out to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we can make some introductions to help them find a place to get involved. We're, as a society, I think we're only going to go as far as, as, as we can based upon everyone collectively working together. Yeah. And that's what I feel like I've been able to do is, is focus on the two greatest commandments, right? Love God and then love people. Mm-hmm. Just, just do those two things in every scenario, and try and do the right thing all the time, and everything's going to propel forward. It doesn't mean you're going to make the most money. It doesn't mean that you're going to have all the best relationships. But you're going to, I feel like I've built the most confidence in myself when I followed those three things. What's unique about Capital Culture is that we facilitate these conversations not necessarily around advancing a particular policy or policy position, but transforming the culture in which those important policy conversations take place. As a business owner, as a husband and father, as a constituent, as a taxpayer, 
Why does the culture of our policymakers matter to you? Well, I mean, so if I, I go back to 2018, 19, when we were talking about starting this, you know, my trust level with our elected officials was not real strong. But it was because I didn't have a relationship with them through time and building my relationship with with our elected leaders. It's it's allowed me to build trust, build relationship, get to know them on a personal level to understand how they make decisions or why they're making decisions and become more informed as a citizen, as an entrepreneur. I, I want to be informed, but I want to be informed by factual, accurate data that the environment and world and state that I'm currently living in is going to continue to progress forward so that my kids in whatever endeavors or pursuits that they may have, have the ability to continue to get to know, build trust and like their leaders so that they can have the same conversations that we're having with them now. Mm -hmm. So as an entrepreneur, building those relationships with others has been integral, you know, not just with our customers, but with some of my competitors. We all have, I hope, at least the people I'm surrounding myself with, the desire to make tomorrow better than today. Yeah. And it, it's capital culture has allowed me so many different opportunities to get to know our elected officials that I mean I wouldn't have had before. So that we can improve things around our state. And I mean, this is my state. I I want to be I am proud of it. And I want to continue to be proud of it. And I want to be proud of the fact that we're making advancements every day to make it better than it was, make it better tomorrow than it was today. Yeah. And the reason that culture needs to needs to be impacted and sharpened and shaped in a way that is marked by civility and integrity, as, as you well know and we've been talking about, is that our leaders in those elected positions, they are navigating the whole range of, of policy areas. Perhaps they come in with a particular you know, passion or area of focus or expertise, but th just because a legislator may be really knowledgeable about education and they're really passionate about education policy, they still have to vote on transportation policy. Correct. They still have to vote on tax policy. They still have to vote on all of these things. And they're navigating and really holding sometimes some tension uh, competing interests when the climate of the culture is such that those conversations can happen with respect, with civility. The important thing that we get out of that is integrity in the leaders and in all of all of those who are participating in the conversation. Because here's the truth. There are times when uh, your interest as a constituent, as a district, your interest as a as a business owner working in a specific industry, there are times where, when your interests will come into alignment with others around a policy that they're focusing on. Uh, and that's wonderful when that happens. But there are times when it comes into conflict. It is the job of our elected leaders to navigate that conflict and chart a path forward. And this is why I, we focus so much on our state and local leaders. Because often when we look at the national level, uh, it gets so far removed from us. The numbers get so big <laughs> that we can't help but default into kind of binary thinking, you know, up, down, left, right. But the closer we get to home, the closer you get to your community, to, to your business, to, to where you're leading, we have a greater ability to look at the policy conflicts and disagreements with a greater level of sophistication. This comes back to what we get out of this better culture. There will be times when an elected leader makes a decision that, that maybe you wish they hadn't. 
But because of the culture that's created, the relationships that's there, uh, you can at least have the confidence uh, and the respect to know that they are doing the best that they believe they can do and they're making the best decision that they believe should be made. You may not agree with it, but like you said, we can still move forward. I would say one of the great sicknesses um, in politics today is we've kind of gotten to this point where we look at politics as a zero-sum game. We've got to win or we're losing. We've got to win every battle or we're losing. There is always tomorrow. The policy positions, the, the legislation, the accomplishments of today stand on the shoulders of what came before it, and there will be future legislative sessions, there'll be future leaders, there'll be future bills. What happens today, we still move in tomorrow. To look at our state, to look at the policymaking process with that kind of perspective, that we can keep moving forward. Sometimes decisions are made that you don't agree with, and that's your right. It's so important that people understand when capital culture is focused on culture and on on relationships and on encouraging better leaders, we don't diminish the unique gift of representative democracy, the gift that you have to engage with your leaders and to advocate for the things that you believe in. That is a unique blessing that has not existed for most of human history, and it doesn't exist everywhere in the world today. So we should not take that for granted. However, just because a decision is made that maybe you don't agree with doesn't mean that the kind of culture and and relationship and progress is not still possible it's it's also our job as constituents and business owners that when there's something of conflict to have an intelligent and respectable conversation with someone that has a conflicting view with you yeah to understand where they're coming from yeah but also articulate where you're coming from so that you can meet in the middle culture is important there's no doubt about that and i'm sorry i cut you off but i want to make sure that that anyone listening to this understands that it's it's possible to have a conflicting view with someone and still get something done. Thank you for listening to The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a podcast from Oklahoma Capital Culture. Oklahoma Capital Culture is a nonprofit organization shaping a culture of civility, integrity, and servant leadership among policymakers through non-political and non-partisan engagement. Learn more about Oklahoma Capital Culture and how you can help shape the leadership culture at www.capitalculture.com. Original music heard on The Leaders We Need, provided by Scott Allen Matthews at mypodcastmusic.com.